you have happened upon the voice of the true resistance. Whether purposely or by accident, you are welcome here. No matter your political belief, you are welcomed here. My purpose is to voice my opinions on current events, promote civilized discourse, and hopefully do my part in reining in the extremism displayed by all sides. Hopefully, this will help enable us to solve our differences peacefully and with respect. I will not be quoting references or links to the items discussed. You are an adult, so use your choice of internet search engine and do your own research. I will, however, be recommending sources of information from time to time. I'm not here to change your mind. My mission is to provoke thought. Again, let me stress that the items discussed here are my opinions. Welcome. The resistance to extremism begins here. Start transmission. Greetings and salutations. The New York Times Global Opinion Editor, Karen Atia tweeted and then deleted a list of perceived transgressions white women are guilty of, ending with the threat, and I quote, White women are lucky we are just calling them Karens, implying that this might change in the future. Not to be outdone, the Democratic National Committee tweeted and then deleted that President Trump's upcoming visit to Mount Rushmore was for the purpose of glorifying white supremacy. Remember the Mount Rushmore mention. It'll come up again. By just reading these tweets, besides the vile threats and accusations, this would lead any rational person to conclude it is open season on the Caucasian race. At least that's how it seems to me. During the same week, the New York Times, that once great source of news published an article accompanied by a promotional tweet that attempted to make the case to cancel the iconic tourist attraction that Mount Rushmore is. It accused the sculptor of having strong bonds with the Ku Klux Klan and attending meetings of that organization. Of course, the article didn't mention that the KKK was founded by Democrats. It then accused the sculptor put some borglum of having espoused white supremacists and anti-Semitic ideas. The article continued on about how the land which Mount Rushmore sits on was stolen from the Lakota tribe and how the mountain features the faces of two presidents who were slave owners. Response to the article was swift as many people called out the times on their own problematic past such as their headquarters being built on land stolen from the Canarsie tribe and the publication's legacy of supporting the rights of slavery and covering up the Holocaust, amongst other things. This appears to me as having been a coordinated campaign with the Democratic National Committee to somehow taint the president's upcoming rally this weekend. This, in my opinion, proves the New York Times, as well as other mainstream media outlets, 
are nothing more than the propaganda arm of the DNC. Nothing these organizations publish should be depended on for accurate reporting. Again, the New York Times. Citing anonymous sources, they made the allegation that Russian intelligence had a bounty program in Afghanistan which paid the Taliban for killing U.S. troops. Even a Botox-inflicted wide-eyed Nancy Pelosi made the allegation on television saying, and I quote, I don't know what Putin has on Trump. Unquote. The story started falling apart almost immediately with the Russians, the Taliban, and the president all denying this allegation. The next day, more anonymous sources supposedly backed up the original story to other news organizations. Later on, the U.S. intel community admitted that it had heard this bit of chatter but deemed it not credible and didn't pass it on to the president. They also called out these anonymous sources for endangering national security. Besides endangering national security, these people are breaking the law. Here are my conclusions. First off, we have a big problem with these leakers in our intel community. This was obviously a coordinated effort. Secondly, this is just another allegation thrown against the wall by the DNC and its collaborators in the media to see if it will stick. This anti-Russian fixation the Democrats seem to possess led me to ponder a reason for it. The theory I've come up with, conspiracy or not, is that when the Ukraine left the old Soviet Union and turned westward, it became the personal piggy bank for the DNC and its elites. Think the Biden clan. Happy days ensued, but then Putin invades and annexes the Crimea, which threatened this cash flow and may have caused a reduction in the amount of cash it was generating. Another surprise happens when Trump gets elected, sees this situation, and moves to put a stop to it. He must have been fairly successful judging from the constant Russia bashing and the attempt to portray the president as an agent of the Russian government. Of course, we know this has been disproven time and time again, but the DNC just can't seem to let it go. While no fan of Putin, I feel the largest threat to this country comes from China at this time, yet there is barely a whisper from the Democrats about this threat. In fact, they criticized the president for shutting down flights from China when the threat of the COVID virus was first looming its head and accused him of being xenophobic. The DNC's partners in the media even launched a campaign alleging that the virus first came to this country from Europe and that by calling the COVID-19 virus the Wuhan virus was racist. Even though the Chinese government admits that is where it originated from. Nothing from these media mouthpieces about the Spanish flu, Ebola, which is named after the river where the first cases broke out, German measles and other viruses are racist. Has China become the new cash cow for the DNC? Well, time will tell. A now deleted tweet from the radical New York Congress thing, AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, 
urged that governors maintain restrictions on businesses until after the November elections because an economic recovery would help Trump be reelected. This tweet was ended with hashtag keep us closed. AOC claims right-wingers photoshopped the tweet and she never tweeted that out. Okay, where is a copy of the original tweet? Because the internet doesn't forget. Somebody must have a copy of it. Still waiting. Of course, the mainstream media did not pick up on this story. Speaking of shutdowns and the pandemic, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, unveiled a sculpture of a graph that shows the progress the state has made in flattening the curve. Someone should have advised the hopefully soon-to-be ex-governor that graphs don't translate well to three-dimensional sculptures before he wasted government time and taxpayers' money on this monstrosity. The press quickly dubbed this as Cuomo's Mountain. This follows the earlier wall of donated masks displayed during the height of the COVID crisis in this state, in which hundreds of masks were donated from around the country, with some being handmade for children, which were then ruined by being hung on a piece of plywood with thumbtacks, rendering them unusable. All this for a photo op. How people like this keep being elected is beyond my understanding. The chess slash chop anarchy zone in the Capitol Hill area of Seattle has finally been cleared by the Seattle Police Department. This seems to be a result of the protesters showing up at the Seattle mayor's house. Not so much the robberies, rapes, and murders that have been going on there since its inception. If Mayor Durkin wins re-election there, I'd recommend businesses and residents look for somewhere else to go. On the subject of the Chaz slash Chop, what has become of the self-declared warlord and chief of the now-disbanded zone? He was the rapper known as Raz, whose Instagram account was used to show off great wealth while seemingly not having a source of income commensurate with his exorbitant lifestyle. Whatever happened to him? Just asking for a friend. The Department of Homeland Security has ordered the Federal Protective Service to guard federal monuments against vandalism. It seems for once the FPS will have to really earn their paycheck. I say that because what is not common knowledge is that most federal buildings supposedly under the protection of that agency are in fact guarded by unarmed contract security guards. I've worked for the federal government for over 20 years and have never seen a real armed Federal Protective Service officer. A shooting at a BLM protest in Louisville, Kentucky, which resulted in one death and one wounding, was at first blamed on right-wing slash white supremacist boogeymen. In fact, the perpetrator turned out to be an Antifa member displeased with the way he was being treated by his fellow protesters. One Stephen Nelson Lopez was taken into custody and charged with murder. Continuing with Antifa shootings, two arrests were made in the shooting of a hapless driver who happened to turn down a street filled with, quote, peaceful protesters, unquote. 
Video of the event shows several Antifa members surrounding the vehicle and one of them pointing a weapon and shooting at the driver through the passenger side window. The driver, who was struck, accelerated the vehicle to leave the area with a shooter firing another round, striking the fleeing vehicle in the rear passenger window as it was making its escape. One Jesse Taggart, age 33, was arrested and charged with attempted murder, along with one Samantha Darling, age 27, who was charged with rioting and obstruction and not being very pleasant to look at. May the full weight of the law fall on these useful idiots' heads. Are we seeing a pattern here? The president of the Greater New York Black Lives Matter, one Hawk Newsom, said during an interview with Fox News, quote, If this country doesn't give us what we want, then we will burn the system and replace it. Unquote. As the interview concluded, Newsom stated, I just want black liberation and black sovereignty by any means necessary. Hmm. Sounds like a threat against the duly elected government to me. Maybe they should rename this chapter Black Liberation Militia. Spokespeople for the national BLM organization have tried to distance themselves from Mr. Newsom's statements. A Texas real estate company has stopped using the term master when referring to the house's largest bedroom. Along with that, numerous cosmetic companies have stopped using the term white or whitening to describe their products. And McDonald's is the latest to go woke with a series of advertisements with one ad featuring a George Soros associate, Amara Jones, a trans woman telling the audience to, quote, stop killing us, unquote. Well, McDonald's, how about you stop selling your junk food to low-income people and the public at large, which will then stop killing us? And that's enough woke silliness for the week. Jelaine Maxwell, the late Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend and fellow sex trafficker, was arrested Thursday in New Hampshire. She's facing a slew of charges and can face up to 10 years in prison. This seems pretty lenient for the deed she's alleged to have done. Many people figure she will be able to finger some high-profile people, something her friend Jeffrey wasn't able to do owing to his timely and convenient suicide. We'll see how long Ms. Maxwell lasts. Oh, and Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Just had to add that. Let's go to some overseas news. The nation of India has announced a ban of 59 Chinese-owned applications. Included on the list was the immensely popular app TikTok and Weibo. This is seen as an escalation of the tensions between the two nuclear-armed nations, caused by conflict on the country's common border. It can also be seen as a measure to counteract intelligence gathering by the Chinese government through these apps. I believe the U.S. should follow India's lead and do the same. The communist Chinese government currently bans a host of U.S. applications, so why, why should we do the same? Next, China passes a controversial security law which effectively ends the special status of Hong Kong, 
which was the bedrock of the agreement worked out between Britain and China, which resulted in the handover of the former English colony to the communists. The UK has stepped up, though, and has offered a path to citizenship for 3 million Hong Kong residents. The European Union has banned travelers from the United States from visiting member countries over concern of the spread of the coronavirus. Well, one hopes that the lack of U.S. tourist dollars contribute to the further demise of the EU's already faltering economy. I also hope that the U.S. government remembers this ban when these New World Order bureaucrats in Brussels start dealing with another wave of viruses brought on because of their continued involvement with China's Belt and Road Initiative. This week I have some recommendations for you. Actually, just one. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're tired of the agenda-driven crap which bombards us daily from our mainstream media. If you're a cord cutter like myself and possess a smart TV, Roku, Fire TV, or Apple TV streaming device, go ahead and download the Pluto TV app. It's a free ad-driven app, which besides general entertainment and the regular MSM channels, it also features Newsmax, Blaze TV, America's Voice, and the First Networks. These channels offer a good counterbalance to the leftist agenda being rammed down our throats by the mainstream media outlets. I don't know how long this will last, though, because I just started seeing warnings about how these channels don't reflect the opinions of Pluto TV and their owners, Viacom. These warnings just started making an appearance uh, last week. So when you get a chance, check Pluto TV out. Editorial. Money. It's all about money. I've been told this my whole life, and the older I become, the more this saying rings true. And then there's dark money. Dark money is defined as cash spent by nonprofit organizations who are not required to disclose their donors. Examples of these types of organizations are union and trade associations and social welfare groups. Think Teamsters and just about all other labor unions and non-government organization NGOs such as the American Civil Liberties Union and other supposedly not-for-profit organizations. These organizations can, by law, donate half of their holdings for political purposes. A lot of these NGOs are funded by George Soros, you know him, the former Nazi and current communist currency manipulator. He manipulated money markets using assets stolen from his fellow Jews during World War II, and that's how this man makes his money. And in doing so, he's destroyed many a small country's economy. Soros is known as the man who broke the Bank of England when back in, I believe, 1992, he shorted $10 billion worth of British pounds sterling, making himself a nice tidy $1 billion profit. This caused the UK economy to crash in what is known as Black Wednesday in England. Investigations show that Soros had started preparing for this sell-off months in advance. 
Soros claimed he was just applying Karl Popper's general theory of reflexivity to capital markets. Now, he's pulled the same stunts in Southeast Asia and the Middle East. And he's not welcome in many of these places to this very day. He is suspected of engineering and then triggering these crashes. Of course, these manipulations are written off as conspiracy theories by supporters and mainstream media. For example, my favorite newspaper, the New York Times, ran an article back in 2018 that debunked these accusations and declared them conspiracy theories of mainstream Republican politics. We all know how trustworthy the New York Times has proven to be, especially lately. That the Times would even publish an article on this subject is suspicious enough. It was probably bought and paid for by the Soros clan themselves. The questions I have are, who provided seed money for the BLM organization? Who's funding Antifa and its coordinated targeted attacks? Well, someone is. President Trump tweeted a video last month showing a black-clad Antifa member. This particular one stood out from all the others. He was in the rear of the protest, calm, talking, and texting on his telephone. He's seen directing other members, telling them where they should go and what to do. He was just coordinating. This man was even recorded handing out cash to fellow Antifa riders. The text of the president tweet read something like, We're watching you. The video was high quality, not some cell phone footage. Another photo that made the rounds of social media around that time showed a man clad in the all-black uniform, you know, hoodie, jeans, hat, and face mask, with his back towards the camera. Now, what was unusual about this photo was the sophisticated communication device coming out from his left ear. This type you see the Secret Service using. Many on social media said this was proof that Antifa was coordinating operations with help from outside organizations. No, I think this man was either a federal agent or a federal contractor monitoring the rioters and probably producing videos like the one the president tweeted. What makes me come to this conclusion is that I had a friend in the military who, upon discharge, landed a job with a private security firm. Now, when I think of private security firms, I picture operators clad and equipped with military garb or bodyguards and the like. What this guy actually did was video union picket lines and other unrest here and abroad. He was making a ton of cash doing this, but had to quit after he got married. The reason for this was that the biggest requirement of that job was to be able to travel on a few hours notice without having a firm return date. This is not good for marriages, especially new ones. Now, along with field agents, our investigatory federal agencies should be hiring financial analysts, and many of them. An emphasis on forensic financial analysts would help to untangle the complexities of the origins of this dark money and hopefully reveal the puppet masters. If that day ever comes, I'd wager that amongst 
the other well-known names, George Soros would be one of them. Well, the end of this episode has come. Thank you for listening. I hope this provoked thoughts and not emotions. You can contact me at nnopodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay safe and open-minded. Have a happy Independence Day, fellow patriots. And this concludes this week's transmission. End transmission.